Welcome to the Coworking Out Loud podcast, an exploration into storytelling, community, and the art of being human. This is episode 20 of the Coworking Out Loud podcast. I'm your host, Kat Johnson. This week I spoke with Shazia Mustafa from Third Door in London. Shazia is an absolute pioneer of co-working. She opened the first co-working space with childcare way back in 2010. Now we're seeing parent-friendly co-working spaces pop up everywhere, but Shazia remains one of the visionaries of the movement who saw a need and filled it. I've connected with Shazia several times over the last year. She's always warm, generous, and thoughtful. She's also a smart business person who's built a solid workspace brand in a very competitive market. We chatted about the inspiration for Third Door, aligning decisions with our values, and what piece of advice she'd give people pursuing the co-working with child care model. Let's dive in. Hey, Shazia, welcome to the Coworking Out Loud podcast. How's everything going? Hi, Kat. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Everything's going well, and I'm looking forward to having a conversation with you today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this too. We've been talking about doing it for a bunch of months now, so it's nice to sit down and be face-to-face with you for a little chat. Um, When we spoke last in December, I was really moved by your story of how you opened Third Door. So I think a lot of people in the co-working world already know that you opened the first co-working space with childcare in it, but will you fill in the blanks for people who aren't familiar with you, just a little bit about you and Third Door? Yeah, of course. So my name is Shazia. I've got three children. When my um, eldest was born back in 2007 and she was uh, five months old, I was um, working for Nokia at the time and I was thinking about returning back to work. We have very long maternity leave here in the UK. It's nine months, even up to 12 months. And when she was five months, I was thinking about, do I want to go back to work? Or do I want to um, run my own business? And running my own business is something I've always wanted to do from as long as I can remember. Actually, when I met my husband, it was one of the first conversations I think that we had in our first date that I wanted to open my own business and he was asking what I'd like to do. So with, with that in mind, I got together with a friend and we were thinking about what we could do instead of returning back to work. She had a little girl who's 10 months, mine was five months, and we were brainstorming, well, trying to brainstorm ideas. So we were at home and found that every time we tried to have a conversation that the girls were interrupting us and the very lively girls, uh, we needed a nappy change or feed or whatever it was. So then in a bid to get them to sleep, we... Took, for, um, took them to the local uh, coffee shop, well, for us anyway, to get them to sleep, and they didn't sleep. And then we went for a walk in the local park, and it just didn't work. They weren't sleeping, both of them. And I remember saying to my friend, wouldn't it be great if we could go somewhere where we, where we could work, and the girls are nearby, and we've got that peace of mind that they're nearby. And um, that was it. That was, that was just a conversation. And then two days later, I used to subscribe to an email called for the life of me I don't remember what it's called right now but it was a collection of ideas all around the world business ideas and one of them mentioned cubes and crayons in San Francisco and I remember thinking oh wow this is similar to what I had in mind but what is this co-working what is this co-working thing because in my head I had like office space and um 
just a facility where you could work and uh, cubes and crayons i think had a crash with the um co-working and with yoga do you remember cubes and crayons you know i only learned of it through chatting with you ah and um so looked into it and my friend was like we should totally do this and both of us have got a background in research and um, consumer consumer research start looking into the idea and realize that um, freelancing was growing in the UK more and more parents were setting up businesses and then also looked in childcare and found that childcare was like not flexible at all and there was this thing from America called co-working and when I looked into it I realized that there wasn't any spaces really there was the Regis and then there's a couple of co-working places popping up in London but not that many so when we did our research nobody actually understood the term co-working at all we, we just used to say a shared space where you could work from and um, <laughs> I know it just didn't get honestly for years our marketing really had explained what co-working was and then all of a sudden the last couple of years has changed completely everyone knows what co-working is uh, or we get described now as um, we work with a nursery <laughs> mm. oh my <laughs> god <laughs> I know I know it's uh but it's a far cry it. from that it's, it's funny because it's so off base but um it's interesting that's people's reference and it's crazy in our world co-working it, it we read all the articles about how it's booming and it's everywhere but i meet people almost every day who are like now what is this co-working yeah. thing? So interesting i guess it depends on which pocket of people you're in yeah god completely and um and then at the time, my husband was studying for his MBA. So he was a self-funded MBA. Um, he hadn't been to university first time around like you know I had. And he had just been working, I think, from the age of 16. And this was his opportunity, sort of self-funded. And he was working for Dell at the time. And he was about to do his dissertation on a project for Dell. And I came along and said, look, we're paying together for this MBA. Why do you want to do it on your employee? I've got this amazing idea. Can you work on it? And it didn't take much persuasion because the flat that we're living in, what was his study had become the baby's bedroom and he was in the <laughs> corridor with his desk. So if he was on a call and he's on a call all the time, he was pacing up and down, hiding in the kitchen or the living room, or we were, or I'd leave at that point. So he really, really understood the concept. So he ended up working and um, doing all the theory um i remember blue ocean strategy i think it's called and all sorts on it but when did he hand it in so this was so baby was born december 2007 i had the idea may 2008 he handed his dissertation in december 2008 i'd returned back to nokia at this time and then in january 2009 he got a he got his results he got distinction and we'd base the entire, um, he'd base his entire MBA on the premises that we've got now as well. So we had a real life scenario and the university loved it. And, um, and then we found out we were expecting our second. And then Nokia asked for, um, start asking people if they wanted volunteer redundancy. Mm. And, um, and I just couldn't let go of this brilliant idea that I had. I was just like, this is going to be, this is the future. And if I don't do it, if we don't do it, somebody else is going to do it and I'm going to be the most unhappiest bitter old woman ever because mm -hmm. I didn't take that risk to do it and my my thoughts at the time were well you know I'm educated I've got experience 
Yusuf, you're educated, you've got experience. Worst, worst scenario, it doesn't work. We'll have, you know, we, we, we can start again. We can fall back on our education. So we've got to take this risk. And um, that's what we did. So by the time we opened Third Door, which was May 2010, I had a two and a half year old and a six month old mm. in the new business. So yeah, we didn't, we, we were very optimistic and very naive. <laughs> <laughs> very optimistic and very naive and with two very small children and a business that nobody understood and that we weren't experienced in either sector I mean it's a bit mad really isn't it but and yeah here we are I mean you really you've become <laughs> a kind of a pillar of this whole workspace industry and it's interesting when you open so you had the big job of teaching people about co-working and then also educating them about and there's this child care piece mm. and um it was it was so niche people didn't even know about it yet it, we weren't even talking about it and now it's been cool to see even since we talked in november or december of last year it feels like the momentum just keeps going around childcare either in co-working spaces or somehow partnered with co-working and one of the really interesting things about third door is that you're running two businesses like some people have, maybe they have four hours a day of childcare or some are partnering with another space or something. So will you talk a little bit about that model and also the, um, just kind of the humanness behind it. Like you have given yourself some huge tasks of like what you were just explaining when you first opened and now you're doing this thing of running two businesses simultaneously. And I think you mentioned that you're now looking at opening another space. So do you want to just tell us about that? Yes. Um, so when we opened, we really thought back nine years ago, I mean, it's nearly a decade now, it's crazy. But when we opened, we thought our customer base would use the childcare with another type of childcare. So whether it was with another nursery and they weren't using it full time or with nanny and, um, and that it would be very much on an ad hoc or a flexible basis. What we quickly realized was that ad hoc childcare or any ad hoc type of business is, it just doesn't make any business sense, you know, having the drop in childcare because you haven't got that continuous, you don't know what your cash flow and, but also because it's children, um, continuity is very important for children and parents want to see it. So we quickly changed our model at the beginning so that we were a we always incorporate ourselves with Ofsted so that we were open for the full day. So it's quite easy to then start offering a full service. But when we opened the nursery, we didn't, we didn't have a kitchen on site. We didn't have lots of things the full nurseries have. But I love the fact that we're entrepreneurial. You know, we've got our external caterers now in. They, they bring in food for the children. And we've got external teachers come in and sometimes teach the children. But what we've offered now over the years, like listening to the customers and tweaking it, is that we've got two, essentially two main products. Um, one is fixed childcare, which is the same days every week. The parent will, it's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they will have those fixed days, but they'll have a better price point for that. But it's still got flexibility within that, that, that they can buy additional days or they can swap days within the week. And then the other product that we've got, which is, very unique in the nursery industry is um, we call it the flexible package from as little as 30 hours a month to whatever they want. So we offer 
um, between the two packages, 30 hours a month, all the way up to five days a week, so full-time daycare. But the parents can choose this from as little as two hours a day. They can book their children in. And the price point that we've got includes the work hub as well. So it makes it a lot more um, value added. We do offer the nursery by itself and we do offer the co-working by itself. So we do have customers that use the co-working that don't use the, um, use the nursery. And we've got a meeting room as well that we hire out. But what we've put, that's made it a lot easier. And this is where my background comes from. I always work in consumer inside is that it's working parents. But if you want to use the co-working space, you must be family friendly. You must respect mm -hmm. the fact that we've got children on site and that there might be occasional, the children don't go upstairs into the worker, but occasionally if we're doing a tour around, the parents will be holding the baby just to know that we, we do have children on site. And right. it's, not, it's nothing that we're embarrassed about and nothing that we want to hide. And so the ethos is very much there, but, but we have, it's, 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 um, and we've put the values in a lot stronger recently as well, because we have people who are like, we, want the third door address but we don't want the fact that you've got a nursery and it's not very professional I'm like well mm. then we're not for you find somewhere right. else right and um <laughs> I love that, that humanness. And one of the things that has struck me about your work is you talked about number one, the women, um, sometimes new moms or women who have, have been parents for a while, there's a lack of confidence. I don't want to speak for you, but I remember this from previous conversations where, um, entering the workforce, sometimes there's this huge void about a lack of confidence because maybe you've been out of it for a while, or maybe you're juggling all the things with, with the kids and you're not sure how to pull off a business and that, um, you experienced some of that and that you saw it in your space. I remember you told me about, I think there was a meetup or some kind of group meeting in your space and you overheard some of the women talking about like, I'm going to do this. One woman said, I'm going to be a nanny. And the question was, how are you going to be a nanny and also pay for your childcare? Like are people who had, um, big grand visions for businesses and things they wanted to do without like the very basic understandings. And I, I'm completely paraphrasing you from before, but I'd, I'd love to hear just kind of that humanness behind a family friendly space and why this is so important to you. Yeah, it's a really good question. Gosh, that is a long time ago. I think we, we, we'd hide out, um, there's a company that hide out a space and was training mums that have been out of the out of the workforce for some time and I am um, I ended up hiring one of them actually <laughs> she's been helping with some of my um, operations side and she works completely on a flexible basis in the school hours and she's awesome but she has loved working because she said actually I've forgotten I've not worked for 10 11 years and I forgot what it was to work but it's all coming back to me and I've just been patient with it but um yeah, there's quite a lot of aspects to that I think by creating the flexibility within the nursery, some mums, even being on maternity leave, and that's what I experienced when I had the idea for third door. You know, I, I, I told you the story with a lot of confidence, but I do remember having that, more, that period between from when my daughter was born to the idea for third door, those five months just going, oh my God, it is so hard. What am I doing? And um, just the way I started dressing, I, I, I look back now, I'd lost a lot of confidence because I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to look after a little baby. <laughs> and I, I did, it just got a lot of confidence in natural and I was read everything. But I see lots of those mums that come into the nursery now and I can see their 
I recognized their um, anxiety levels that I had. And I always say, having the idea of a third door saved me because I had something to focus on that helped me with my identity and being the mum that I wanted to be. And um, so I recognize that a lot when people come in. And third door, I've got great plans for third door, but I've, I also know that we've got to manage um, a lot of like how mums feel, mums and dads, when they come into, you know, they're leaving the baby for the first time, they're making a pretty big decision. And we've given the option for them to put the babies in for as little as two hours a month. I mean, sorry, beg your pardon, two hours a day, whereas a lot of nurseries, when it comes to the options with babies, we're talking about three, six, under, under a year um, babies. We've got no option but to leave them for a day. I mm. think that's crazy. Babies, babies need their... If you've got the option, if you're able to, you know, and I think a lot of the humanness comes from is that very much we're creating a space, and I hope the future will be this as well, that where work and family can grow together, that you're not um, sacrificing one for the other. Because at the end of the day... What's the point of working yourself to death and not seeing your family? Those relationships are important as you get, as we all get old and it's for the mental well-being of your children. That's what's more important. And you see, you see in communities and societies around the world, they haven't got a lot of money, but they're happy because they've got their family and they've got that close connection. And, um, and, I, just, and I do, I've got friends, colleagues, people who just work, everything's focused on working, but just don't I just don't I love working and that's what saved me was having the idea for third door but I also knew that I wanted to work around my um children and I'm not the only person that feels like that which is why we've got people who travel for to um, use our facilities um and then the other bit of the humanness is that if I'm offering flexibility to my customers then I've got to practice what I preach and offer that with my staff as well and um, we've got various types of contracts at the door. Some of the, some of the, a lot of them are mums. Um, they'll work school hours. Not saying a lot. I mean, we've got a small team, but we've got one mum who now works just ten times school hours. Another one works all year round, but school hours. Another one said, "I work two days, two days a week, but I'll do longer hours," and um, and that fits around with her child. And then I've got staff that haven't got any children or older children but it just seems to work really well I'm I've realized that you can't run a business the way I envisage for third door without being able to practice practice what you preach essentially so that's been a quite a recent thing the last couple of years I've really really worked on that and as well as the values it's made a huge difference you walk in and you see it yeah, I'm curious what I'm actually. I'd love to come see Third Door. I'll be in London in September. I'm hoping to to swing by so we can connect in person. Um, but I'm very curious about the the space and the community within that. Like in co-working, we talk a lot about you know the professional network and coming into. You have a, a lot of in-house. Um, like if I need a graphic designer, they're sitting right next to me and there's a lot of that. Um, I'm curious what the community is like in Third Door and do you do programming and, and things like that around business development and what does that aspect of the business look like? That's a really good question. Um, well, the community, it's working parents. So we've got quite a lot, we've got variety. We've got what other co-working spaces have. You've got your freelancers, you've got the people setting up small businesses. But we've also got remote workers as well. We've got people who work for large companies 
um, but they need a base like my husband for example when he worked for Dell he was a remote worker so we've got a number of people who they haven't got a base to go to so if their doors their base in terms but they're, they're employed by another company and they've got people who are actually employed and then one day a week or two days a week they instead of working from home they'll do a shorter day but they'll work from third door so instead of having and um, leaving the house at seven to get the nursery for half seven and um, they'll come in at nine half nine and um, finish by five probably done about three days work and one day working from third door and they've also got more time with their children either side of the day which I think is absolutely amazing and I always say <laughs> whenever anyone comes I'm like can you get your employer to get, um, let you work from home from one or two days because it'll be so good for you you just don't have that stress of like trying to rush from one place to another and um in terms of community what we've 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 tried well we have we've run programs we've had events but what we find works best is any event for children (laughs) exactly (laughs) and picnics and uh, christmas parties easter parties we've had halloween and all the parents come i mean it's almost to the point where we can't fit everyone in, into uh. the building, which is why we start having like outdoor picnics, but they'll come because of the children. And that's a really great opportunity for them to connect. And then it's my job and my staff to say, so oh, have you met, you've got a child the same age, or actually you two work in the same area. Everyone. So there's been lots of great friendships and people do connect and do, um, do work together. We've had so many collaboration stories over the years, I think probably in a different way to, um, maybe some other co-working places, but it still works. It's just, there's no point creating a program for people who, if they're not using it all the time, it would be more for external people. And, um, but what we do find is people, uh, our members do connect and they do create friendships and they do pass work to each other. It's great. Uh, Shazia, I'd love to get your perspective on the, the rise of, co-working spaces that have child care, either partnerships or in-house or something like that, like we were talking about, this is something that you kind of opened up the the door to, and now it's everywhere. Like, and spaces that, even spaces that maybe weren't built around the idea are trying to figure out how to incorporate it because it's becoming more mainstream, which is the vision you're talking about that we hope the world for the next generations is far more balanced where you don't have to warn people that a child might be coming through on a tour like that feels almost crazy right like children exist that is a thing that that is in the world um so yeah i just love to get your perspective on this global movement we're seeing of of child care becoming uh it's no longer even niche i don't think yeah it's fabulous and it's there's so many are opening um i'm delighted every time i see one that's open but then i what I'm noticing is that for everyone that's closing, there's another sorry opening. For everyone that's opening, there's another one that's closing, and um, and that's the one that I'm trying to understand why that is the case. We always, you know, you, you do your your research and your strategy, and we always said one day in the future, this is possibly what could happen. You know, nurseries could start opening co-working places, co-working places could start end up opening nurseries, or more will open like ours. What we've done that's really helped our business is that we've been a full daycare nursery and we've tweaked along the way. So we're open Monday to Friday, morning till evening. And the way we've created the the nursery is that it's a long-term solution, not a pop-in, not a drop-in, not a short-term solution, which is why 
our businesses work because people use the nursery without using the co-working space, but we've opened it out. So it makes the business, that's where the business model works. And I, I just wonder that by just offering it part-time and, um, or even on a crash basis, people see it as a short-term solution, which is why they're not using it, which is why, you know, then you've got the difficulty of trying to, um, get customers in all the time mm. and it's it's labor intensive it's got lots of capital it's you've i don't know what's like in america but in the, in the uk there's a lot you need to invest before you even open the doors including staff there's constant train it's training all the time and um so it's very capital intensive so you need to make sure that you've got members coming in to fill it I think, well, it is great that they're opening. I just want them to stay open. <laughs> right. Other people say, yeah, great idea, but it's not working. And that's the bit that I'm um, curious about to see what's happening around the world as well. So what advice, I mean, you've been kind of offering advice throughout the conversation, but if you had someone, a new space operator sitting in front of you who wanted to do this, how would you advise them? Um, what I usually say when people contact me is, have you checked the demographics in your area? Um, you know, it might be, it is a great idea, but have you checked the demographics? They need to work. And um, obviously the obvious competition, what is out there? But there's a couple of ways of doing it. They could do pop-up, but just for a short while, while they're opening to see what the um, interest is with the view to opening a long-term nursery. I think some people just do pop-ups and crashes, just thinking that's the only way it's going to work. But we created it with a very much a long term, um, well, to open lots, lots and lots and lots around around the country. I'd say in the UK, a full daycare solution with flexibility is still very, very unique. And that is what's worked for us. And also it's the ethos of the entire space. So we're not slotted into another business. We're not slotted into another co-working space. So it's, it's looking at the demographics of the local area and having um, a solution that you know that you're going to get customers coming in on a long-term basis. It's that customer lifetime value. That's very much what's worked for us. So we've got a solution for people who want to use us on a full day, full daycare basis and full time to as little as 30 hours a month but we've widened it we've not said you must use the co-working space to be able to use our nursery and we've always tweaked it along the way and listened to our customers a lot so for example sustainability is very very important to me so we've got rid of a lot of the plastic in our nursery and we're still looking to see today we were just having a conversation it's like what can we do with nappies wipes um disposable towels good practice means that we're apron every time that you're changing a nap you're in the kitchen but I'm like well why do we need disposable aprons we can have like a permanent apron we just spray it so we're always looking to see how we can improve because that's how businesses need to improve and I think that's what we've had to do so it's not enough to have a great idea and say yes we're the first in the world to be co-working a nursery we've looked and thought right what's our customer base has been changing what do they want now so we've recently um, redecorated our work hub, our nurseries forever evolving. I've got a qualification in childcare now. <laughs> we've uh. done a lot over the years. So we've not stopped and just said, and then we've listened. I think the most important thing that I would say to anyone in terms of advice is 
what does the customer want? Are you listening to them? It's not enough to build something and say, build and they will come. You need to be tweaking and listening. And we haven't stopped tweaking. We haven't stopped listening and we haven't stopped tweaking all, all along. And one of the most important things that we put in place, and this is, would be for um, every business out there, doesn't matter whether it's co-working, doctor's surgery, is values. We make decisions against our value set, and that's what um, has kept us going. Mm. We've, um, we've been running for just over nine years, and one of my customers is leaving uh, in August, and she's been with us for eight years, eight, just over eight years. How amazing is that? An original, yeah, almost from the beginning. That Those those people, um, like in my own home co-working space, there are a handful of people who have been there from the very beginning. And they really anchor the, um, the norms, the values, the culture. Like they're really the continuum that holds this all together. If we were turning over new members all the time, like a lot of the new members, um, it takes a while to kind of learn those, those norms and the vibe of the space. So if it was always turnover, it would quickly, I think the community piece would start to disintegrate a little bit because you don't have that, that um, continuum of, of the culture and, and the stories, really. I mean, in my world, it's like the stories of the people who've been there who can tell you what it was like the first week the space was open and the first year. And I think that's so important to have those longtime members. It's, it's lovely, isn't it? And then it goes back to um, customer lifetime value. What, what are you creating for your business that helps people stay longer? So we've, um, we've had families that use this flexibly to... Oh, I'll tell you what a story about. Um, we've just had a family leave us. They joined three years ago. They've, they've left because they've moved out of the area. But they joined three years ago. Uh, to just use this literally for three months and said, look, we're, we're both the, the, school, the head teacher and deputy head in the local school that said, we're building our own nursery and we want our son to be in the nursery, but we can't find anywhere that will just take us for a few months. Can you? We went, okay. Three, three years later and two children, they've left. So that was a pretty, if, the, if we hadn't had that um, solution for them, then we wouldn't have had them for three years. And you know, really great relationship with them and hope, you know, we're hoping that we'll be friends and stay. That's the kind of relationships that we want and we've built that community. But yeah, it's 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 really amazing. It's um by offering something unique and thinking about the customer lifetime value has helped us. And I, that would be my advice is just think you've got to think about your customer the whole time. So what's next for third door? What are you working on now? Um, God, I'm always working on something. I um, well, it's the same as what it's always been from the beginning. Is that we'll, we want to open more sites. I'd say um, it's been nine years since we opened our first. Others are opening, which is great. But for us, I've I've got three young children. I created a business to work around them with ambition. We've got ambition, but where we are right now is that we've got longevity. The business is doing so well, and um, it's got strong foundations. That's basically what I've been working on. It's got very strong foundations. So to open the next one, it's just a matter of time, really. So I'm hoping that we can open um, one after the other quite quickly. But again, as long as it doesn't rock the core foundation of what we've created. So it all, all the decisions that I'm making go back to, does it reflect our values? 
it doesn't reflect my personal values and um, does it affect my family by making these have I got the right people around me and I've been building my team around me as well so I am super excited for the next stage I'm very very confident that um that well we will open more and that this is going to be the future I'm excited to see what you do. And I love that making decisions against your values like that. If we were all doing, if we were all clear about our values and then made our decisions business and otherwise against those, I think we'd be in a better spot maybe than we are right now. Um, Shazia, where can people connect with you? What's the best way to learn more? What, where can people, um, yeah, just get in touch. We're on all the social media channels. Twitter is at Third Door. Instagram is, somebody took our Third Door handle, but Instagram is third underscore door. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect with people on LinkedIn, Shazia and Mustafa. And uh, have a look at our website. We've got a blog as well. And um, we are updating that quite a bit. And we're on Facebook as well, Third Door. So do connect. Thank you so much for the chat, Shazia. I will talk to you soon and I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. Thanks so much, Kat. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Coworking Out Loud podcast. I'd love to hear any ideas you have for future episodes. You can reach me through my website, katjohnson.co. If you like what we're doing here, subscribe to the show, share it with a friend, and give us some stars through your favorite podcast app. Thanks. Talk to you soon.